Oh, hi. It's Hannah, and this is the Salt and Branch Podcast. Picture it. Insert. Cute little, cute little ditty. Diddly diddly. I don't know. If you know somebody, if you are somebody, and you know how to do that, could you do that for me? I would love nothing more than some type of theme song. Oh, wow. Okay. Dare to dream. Add it to the prayer list. Welcome back to the Salt and Branch Podcast. This is, in fact, on Tuesday. We are building consistency. Last week's episode was on a Tuesday. This week's episode is on a Tuesday. And your girl is making it happen. Praise be to the Lord. Uh, This is the technically third episode of this series, but the second kind of meat and potatoes episode of this series. So the very first one was just giving you some context, and that would have been episode 12 of the entire, like, episodes list. And then 13, I talked about grief and the season of life that I'm in. 14, we got back into this kindling series, talking about friend of God, and we went over communication and talked about um, what it's like to evaluate our levels of communication with the Lord compared to our relationships and friendships on earth. And from what I hear from the couple of people who reached out, that that was kind of helpful and moderately convicting and... That sounds like a win for me, because that's kind of how I feel about this topic all the time. George is feeling some type of way this evening. Uh, Scout George, all of her nicknames. Um, So maybe she makes a cameo, maybe she doesn't. Hey, George, will you come here for me, please? No? Cool. That seems right. So tonight, today, this evening, whenever you listen to this, this morning, I want to talk with you about... Oh my. Hold on one second, please. Did I just walk away from the microphone to go set the dog up? I sure did. And I'm glad you stuck through with me. And I'm sure that's like poo-poo for the podcast etiquette, but you know what, we do what we have to do, and I'm not very good at editing yet, so maybe I cut it out, maybe I don't, who knows. Like I was saying, last week was communication with God, and how we can relate that to our communication with our friends, and helps us get a better idea of the level of our friendship with the Lord. This week, I want to focus on trust, and I want to take just a brief second to reintroduce the Scripture of focus, and so it's in James chapter 2, verse 23. And I remember many moons ago when I first started this series over the summer and then had to ditch it for a little while, that this verse really struck me um, towards the end when we learn about a title that Abraham received um, just through the course of his life and how he believed the Lord. And so it says in James 2, 23, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness, and he was called a friend of God. And I think I want to take a quick second to, I'm like winded from helping the dog, like getting up. That's not good. I want to take a second to talk through, I want to avoid this potential reception as you're listening that I am somehow 
bringing the Lord kind of down to this place where we are like equal and peers and friends. And that's not true at all. Um, that's not reality. That's not his word. That's not actually how I feel. Um, but I think what I am more so getting at here is, um, the levels of intimacy that you get with a friend, the levels of trust that you get when you call someone friend, the level of frequency in interaction that you get when you call someone friend. And so I think when we break that down into, well, what then qualifies people as a friend, those aspects are what we're breaking down in this podcast series, but also, um, I don't know how to phrase this. And I want to phrase it, but I don't want it to take away from the fact that like God is God and he is almighty and he is sovereign and he is like in control. But I will say that his spirit, the Holy Spirit, I believe is, like it says in the Bible, like our comforter, um, I would say that it's also like our companion. And I would say here we get this element of friendship that I think is a little bit easier to grasp if we're still kind of new and walking through this. Oh, welcome back, George that like his spirit is with us every single day and it's encouraging and it's comforting and it's convicting and and his spirit is a person with characteristics and um and then anything kind of past there is a little out of my bounds so that's probably where I'm going to stop with that but I do want to take a second I did want to take a second and clarify like we are not belittling God to our peers. Uh, my brain cannot understand all of the Bible because I am, I am being, I, I am created by Him, and so He has to be greater than me because I was created. I will not be as equal. So for me to attempt to try is literally just running into a wall over and over again. So this week we're going to focus on trust for this episode, and I get the word trust from the word believed from this scripture where it says Abraham believed God. And it was counted to him as righteousness. So because he believed and because he acted in that faith, because he believed, slash trusted, and he was called a friend of God. And when I sat down to write all these notes and I was like, oh boy, we're going to hit trust with the Lord. Like, it's the pot calling the kettle black over here, telling people to trust the Lord. Because I know when I first, when I first chose Christ for myself, and when I first started to see the fruit of that choice and spending more time in his word and being a bit more intentional about community and the church that I attended and blah, blah, blah. I was a slow burn to trust him. And I saw it relationally. I saw it with my community. I saw that with my free time. I saw that with praying. I saw that with um, what I spent my time doing, I saw that with the media that I intook. And, uh, I mean, it, it's not to say that I, I don't think I've ever been too far out of line on much of any of my behavior, really, in the scope of the world. But I will say that it is very out of line for what I believe the Lord calls us to. And since I have really gotten to know Him and His Word and started to trust Him because I've given Him so many opportunities to show me his nature and that it is trustworthy and it's consistent that um, it makes it easier. Hmm, 
well, that's even hard to say too. I I think it overall makes it easier to trust the Lord with bigger things the more you trust him with the smaller things. And that goes to say, like with your friends, there are some friends that I trust really big, important details with that other friends I do not. And those other friends are nice and kind, but there are some details where I go to certain people and there are other details where I can go to just about anybody. And I would say you have the same situation with your own friends. So I think today I want to spend just a little bit of time talking about what it means to believe God and what it means to trust God and what it means to work on opening ourselves up to trusting God. And I think we can get ourselves into a little bit of a pickle, if you would, when it comes to um, like putting our plan up against the Lord's plan and how the world should look. And if God was this, then my life should look like that. And I think that's just super limiting to God. And I think that's super, um, watch my tongue. I think it is pretty narrow-sighted for any of us, myself included, and I have said these things, to be like, well, if God loved me, my life would look like this. Sheesh. Sheesh. So now I'm his equal? And it reminds me of this passage from Job that me and my mom used to talk about of when God like finally responded to Job at the end of the chap at the end of the book and he was like, "Oh, were you there when I laid the foundations of the earth? So like you must understand my plan for it and you must understand my purposes for it." And I think that it's not until I put myself back into a place where I'm like, "Oh, I am the created." And faith is a belief and confidence in things that are not seen. And so I can choose to have faith or I can choose to not. And um, I think the world gets a little dicey when we expect things to be seen by an unseen, tangible God the Father. Um, and that's another podcast for another time. So when I go back a couple of years and I look at the time period of my life when I was like, yeah, I think, I think Jesus is right. <laughs> I'm going to play by his rules, or at least I'm going to try. It was not this like miraculous, oh, I woke up and I'm going to trust the Lord and I'm going to sing his psalms and blah, blah, blah. No, it was this like gradual chipping away at everything I thought my life would be and look like and amount to. And I felt challenged and convicted and irritated when I started to see that I was being corrected in how I was living my life and the choices that I was making, that now I am so thankful that those changes happened. And I have found clarity in boundaries, and I have found clarity in purpose, and I have found clarity in like the posture that I should live in. But that only came when I saw that the moments when I decided to step away from, I don't know, like the scene of going out with friends every weekend and drinking too much, to then trying to invest in um, people who were more focused on like getting to know somebody's heart. And not that they're better people. I just think that they were making decisions that gave me an opportunity to better get to know the Lord. And... I know for me, for Hannah, between me and the Lord, I cannot go out and drink a lot all the time 
and still love him well. Because in my flesh, I, like, will say things that I don't normally say or I'll cuss more or I'll consider, I don't know, just decisions and conversations that normally wouldn't happen when I'm, like, sober of mind. So it's not that I don't drink. Spoiler alert, I like good beer. Um, But I also only drink it, like, three times a month. And I think that's okay. And the Bible just says avoid drunkenness. Because that drunkenness then disconnects us from the Lord. So it's not that it's like punishment. It doesn't matter. Okay, here I go. But I saw these areas of my life kind of getting chipped away and challenged as I started to learn how to trust the Lord. And it was just with like my community. And not that they were bad people. Again, there was just this like change going on in my heart that I was being convicted that I had to start making different decisions if I was going to get to know the Lord. And I think everybody's life with him looks different and everybody's limits and boundaries look different. And some people can go out and have a beer or two with friends and love Jesus well. And some people cannot. And some people can, um, I don't know, like, well, and I even think other things get a little tricky. This is a little all over the place, but I'm going to finish it. I'm going to finish strong. Um, so I saw it, like, in how I was spending time with my friends. I saw it relationally in how I viewed dating and my expectations for dating and boundaries in dating. And that just got, like, shake, rattle, rolled, like, dismantled. <laughs> um, I saw it in my career. I saw it in, like, oh, I want to write novels and I want to be cool and, like, do book tours and blah, blah, blah and write all these books that everybody loves And slowly he was like, you will write for me and you will tell your story that I am telling through you. And now, sitting where I am now and like recording a podcast in my closet and being like single in my late 20s, keep it together, Harkins. It is a really, um, I am really honored to carry the story and the backpack of all my experiences that I do. And there are many that if somebody was like, would you want to trade this in for another? I'd kind of be like, hmm, I might. But then I think of all these really cool moments that I've had with friends. And now that I'm having with my students who are high schoolers, where I can authentically speak from a place of some experiences that I wouldn't choose now and be able to offer like encouragement and comfort through some harder moments of decision-making. And they see, you know, that I, like, I'm not bashful about being a Christian and having Bible verses around, um, but I am also really open to talking about things of the earth and our daily experiences with these kids, especially kids who are very much not like me or have different beliefs than me, and, oh, I just love them, and they're just so wonderful, blah, blah, blah. But now I see my career more like I'm here to invest in these kids and I'm here to just love these kids. And I'm here to talk about God with people who I feel stirred to. And most often it's not usually with my students, but if someone brings it up and asks me an opinion, I will sit down and have a candid conversation. But um, I would never push any conversation to happen. Anyways, well, what is that? Tangent number 95, Harkins? The point that I'm building to is that I am not speaking from a position where I can say, oh, yeah, I trust God fully with my life. And no, 
maybe like a couple minutes every couple of days, you could catch me and be like, do you trust the Lord fully? And I could be like, yeah. And I could mean it and I could think it and I could feel it. And then other times I'm like, you know what? I got some questions on other days. And I think since my mom passed, I make myself say that I trust him because I want my mind to work with my heart. And I think I do trust him, but there's a lot of layers to grief when you lose somebody really close. And if you haven't experienced that yet, just know that going into it, that if your friends are going through it or when you eventually go through it, there's a lot of layers to losing somebody and trusting the Lord. And again, I'm going to say it again like I did last week. I'm sad and I miss my mom and I trust the Lord. And I keep saying that until my heart lines back up or my brain or whichever, the, whichever we're talking about here. So I lay all those um, elements of my life out for you that I noticed God was kind of challenging and showing me like, do you trust me with this? Do you trust me with that? Do you trust me with this? Do you trust me with that? And he's continued to show me the ways and the places that I don't. And more recently, he's kind of given me this phrase to think about, and I wrote it down because I wanted to share it with you, and I share it not to convict, maybe a little, (laughs) because it convicts me, but also to encourage of a way to just reset our minds and our hearts back to reality. Mm. Yeah, that's the word. So whenever I get frustrated about something or I'm irritated about how something's looking in my life or I'm anxious about something that's going to happen, I have written down, and I feel like I think about it all the time, so it always just comes to mind, of, and I hear it in my brain like this, Hannah, you can trust him with salvation, but you can't trust him with this. And then sometimes I'm like, are you kidding me? (laughs) So I can trust him with eternity, but I can't trust him with my dating life. I mean, I don't, yikes, right? I can trust him with salvation, but I can't trust him with my job. I can trust him with salvation, but I can't trust him with my friendships. I can trust him with my salvation, but I can't trust him with my finances. Woof. And so I wonder if using that phrase in your own life might be helpful when you start to kind of spiral and... Um, I'm working on a blog post about just this element that I was encouraged by recently about how God just like asks us to be a part of today and he gives us like he equips us with the strength and the grace and the patience for today and I believe we start to get anxious when we take on tomorrow and he has not asked us to do that therefore I don't know that he has handed me the grace and the strength and the wisdom to handle that yet because I'm not in it yet. And so I wonder, do we get anxious when we take it on? And he's not asked us. Therefore, he has not equipped us. Like, we don't have to yet. So why would he give us the strength to sit through it yet? I don't know. I've just been spitballing on that for a while. Maybe that's comforting. Maybe that has nothing to do with this topic. (laughs) So back to trust. Good night, Harkins. We're all over the place. But I feel like maybe this is important, so I'm just going to keep talking of whatever comes to my heart. That was my prayer before I sat down was, whatever you want to say, Lord, not Hannah, whatever you want to say, just let's say it and let's say it nicely because we are working on my tongue. I'm getting a little sharp with people, and I'm noticing. And I apologize if you're listening. So 
some feedback that I got about last week was that some of y'all really appreciated like action steps at the end. And I, I just kind of want to give those to you. And I would say the first half of this, I shared my heart and I shared ways that I saw God kind of chipping away at the things in my life that I wasn't trusting him with. And so now I want to encourage you to spend some time this week just thinking about how can you grow in trust with him? Because when we think of our own friendships here, the only way that I have started to trust people and, and more and more and more and more is we then have the opportunity to, um, like I give people the opportunity to be trusted. And then it builds and it builds and it builds. A trust snowball, if you will. So if you never trust him with anything, um, how do you know? How do you know you can trust him? Well, I've seen what he does. Um, I don't know. I think you think you see, right? But I don't know if it's not until we invest something of our own life or put something of our own life on the line. Or do we say, all right, Lord, I'm going to trust you with this. And then I'm going to be willing to see what you do with it. Can we start to build that trust snowball? And, yo, that's so hard to do. I don't, I don't say that lightly. I'll tell you this. This move to Texas, I was reflecting about this a couple weeks ago with somebody. I moved here on my own. I knew, like, two people, like, in the city of Dallas, which is massive. But I moved much north of Dallas and, like, sight unseen, like, got a job, sight unseen, like, I'd interviewed, blah, blah, blah. But I had never been out here, so I came out here by myself. Meanwhile, my mom is still, like, in the throes of just cancer madness and and then eventually, like, diabetes madness. And, I mean, it, it just, hmm. financially it made sense. Um, opportunity-wise, it made sense. Uh, family-wise, it did not make sense. Um, socially, it did not make sense. Um, but I knew that, I just knew, I knew, and I don't know how I knew, I just knew to come out here. So I came out here, blah, blah, blah. Fast forward a year. Honestly, like, almost, almost a year to the date, actually. Did I see that the community that I have in Texas is a very large portion of the community that has helped me? since my mom passed. And there are a handful of people in my life who are not in Texas who walked alongside me with my mom passing and they were here before Texas and they're going to be here after Texas or maybe I'll never live leave because Texas forever. But there are some people here who I I look at sometimes like in a group conversation and I'm like I I would move here again on my own just to have you in my life especially at this time. And it was not until I packed my bags and I moved here and I endured something and that took a year and it took heartache and it took brokenness and it took anxiety and it took fear and it took loneliness to then get me all the way to this space to then get to look around and be like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. So some of my encouragement to you is, are you waiting for the, oh my gosh, right now? Did you take a step of faith and you're waiting to see if this snowball is going to melt in the sun or if it's going to grow and grow and grow in a tundra? And I would say, I don't know. 
we'll have to see. Um, but I would say give it time. And don't be afraid of how he's going to reveal his reasons to you. Because I would not have chosen my mom passing away to be the reason why I see his purpose in bringing me to Texas. Um, or the reason why I have gotten to know him more as a friend. Like, her passing is the catalyst for so many really beautiful things. That are kind of a lot smaller, but they are sustainable in my life. So I encourage you to pause, look around, and be like, what am I waiting on? Can I wait a little longer? Can I wait on the Lord? Yeah. So, changing gears. Here are action steps. They're fairly simple, and there's only three. Uh, Number one, I want you to write down a list of the things that are easy to trust Him with. I want you to write a list of the things that are easy to trust Him with. Some lists are going to look more holy and pious than others. Um, some lists are going to look really superficial. Some lists are going to look like it, it, it don't matter. Whatever you find easy to trust with them. If your list is one thing, that's one more than zero. If your list is 25 things, I love that for you. Double check. <laughs> and maybe that's the season you're in and, you, and you're like, I don't have any choice but to trust him. Then let it fly. Um, and don't, I don't think you need to show anybody this list or you can show like one person that can be your accountability partner and you guys can listen together and I would love nothing more. Um, but this doesn't have to get publicized. This is between you and the Lord and then maybe one person if you want to talk with somebody. Number two, I want you to write a list of the things in your life that you find that you are doing on your own, on your own efforts, on your own strength, on your own wisdom. And I would say the best way to figure out what those things are, are the things that you spend the most time thinking about. Or the things that make you most anxious. I'm talking finances. I'm talking career. I'm talking work. I'm talking passions. I'm talking dating. I'm talking marriage. I'm talking uh, transitioning out of marriage. I'm talking raising kids. What makes you most anxious? That's probably what you have your hands on the most. And I see that in myself. Such as this project sometimes. I'm like, I see that in my dating life. Uh, what else makes me anxious? My career makes me anxious sometimes. I'm like, how long am I going to be a teacher? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But it makes me anxious sometimes. And then number three, I want you to write down your requests to the Lord. I want you to write down some prayer requests. What do you want? What do you desire? And I want, I don't want you to limit it to the things you think you should ask for. I want you to try to remember, like, God sees your heart. God knows your heart. God built your heart. And so he already knows what you want. And so could you give that list to him and try to trust him with it? Could you trust him with that little list? And I think that's a really sweet place to start. Um, I know times in my life I have prayed and I'm like, I'm not going to bug the Lord with this. Like, he don't care about this. He does. And that's all through scripture. Um, We see people rejoicing in prayer. We see people angry in prayer. We see people um, just in, well, in communication with him. And if we see him as God the Father, which that is is one part of the Trinity, 
I think we can equate that to a paternal role of like, he just wants to hear from you. So some of my small prayer requests are like, Lord, could we figure out my stomach? Because it's, it's a little swirly these last couple weeks, and I don't really know what's going on. Maybe that's anxious. Who knows? To, like, the biggest prayer request of, like, Lord, my dream writing goal is to travel the world and write this, like, particular collection of stories. Like, can I do it? Can you, can you help me pull those details together? Can you pull those details together? That's a big ask. That's a big ask. Um, and I, I like write write them all down. Write down the smallest things. Write down the biggest things. And then I want you to save this paper somewhere. Put it in a drawer. Put it in a Bible. Put it in a journal. Put it in your phone because we all know those ain't going nowhere. And maybe every couple of days, weeks, however, whenever, go back to that list and see if things start getting checked off, and I bet they will. And it will either be a yes, it'll be a no, or it'll be a wait. And we forget. Uh, no, we don't forget. I think some people walk around saying, I'm just not hearing him. Like, the Lord's just not talking to me. I'm not getting an answer. Maybe his answer is wait. Maybe that is his answer. Maybe what you're waiting on is part of a bigger story with 16 other details that impact other people around you. So you must wait. You must wait. Everything is coming into place. Uh, your story is not just yours. And that's the T. LOL. Um, I think that's all I have for you. And I hope that's encouraging. And I hope it's short. I didn't check the time when I started recording, but I think it's going to be great. So I would encourage you to try those action steps. I would encourage you to think about what you trust him with and what you don't trust him with. I would encourage you to compare it to how you trust your friends. There are some friends who I would take like a bullet for. There's like three friends I would take a bullet for near my organs. There's probably ten more friends I'd take a bullet to the foot for. I mean, my family, I would take like a bullet to my heart. I would do that. Because I'm going to heaven. See ya. Uh, side note. Like, me and some of my friends, I have this very morbid way of just trying not to take things too seriously where I'm like, you know what, like, and this is biblical. Uh, Esther's like, if I perish, I perish. If I die, I die. But I'm, like, taking the risk. Um, it's amazing the quiet confidence that you get knowing that when you die, you get to see Jesus and your mom. And that's a really nice place to sit in. I'm working on not being too cynical. <laughs> but it's really encouraging to be like, you know what? In the future of my life, the worst thing that happens to me is death, and that ends in heaven and Jesus and reunions. Goodness, I think I'm, I think I'm doing pretty okay. <laughs> so I encourage you to just spend some time and talk with him, and talk with him the way I talk with you and you talk with your friends. Be like, Lord, I don't get this. Could you, could you show me some reasons here, please? And then step into that, and I trust you. And you are king of kings, and you are lord of lords, and you are powerful. Praising him is part of our wiring system. And it's amazing what it unlocks in your heart. So give it a shot. Now I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to end this, and I'm going to land this plane. Here we go. On a Tuesday, staying consistent. Yeah. Lord, thank you for who you are. I praise you because you are holy, because you are present, because you are 
constant, because you are steadfast, because you can be trusted. I thank you that your spirit, your Holy Spirit, is our friend here on earth. Um, Lord, that your spirit walks into every room with us and every situation with us and every conversation with us and convicts and encourages and gives us discernment, Lord, that feeling in our gut and we're like, something's not right. Lord, that's a gift from you. That's a gift. And would we see it like that? And would we just have a quiet thank you? Thank you for that. Lord, I pray for those that are listening. Lord, if they have no one to pray for them, Lord, would I pray that this would be a powerful prayer for them. Lord, that they would be, that they would be um, touched, that they would feel seen, that they would feel noticed. Lord, I'm thinking of them as I pray. Lord, the people who don't know you all that well, would you just draw them in closer and closer? Would you open their eyes to see the cool things that you're doing for them every day? Lord, if they can't see you at all, Lord, give them that fresh set of eyes today. Lord, open their heart to hear from you today. Lord, that maybe you won't speak like Morgan Freeman from the echoes of the ceiling. But Lord, maybe it's in a quiet moment between them and a cashier when there's a sweet exchange of complimenting each other's shirts. I don't know. But would you give us eyes and ears to see and hear those things? Lord, you are worthy to be praised. You are sweet and you are comforting, but you are also almighty and you are sovereign and you are powerful with all the capital letters. Um, I thank you for technology that I get to do this. Lord, help me to be consistent. Help me to stay humble in this. Um, Lord, you know my prayer right before this. Lord, don't let me get um, complacent with the gift that is this project. So, Lord, whatever you've put on their hearts, Lord, if you're stirring hearts to do things in your name for these people, Lord, would you just ignite it and would they take it over? Be like, yes, that's my project and I will do it for him and for his glory. Because, Lord, it is so dope to be a part of the story that you're telling, even when it's sad, even when it's hard, even when it doesn't make sense. I still want to be a part of it. I still want to be on the list of the cast. <laughs> I thank you that our story ends in heaven. And I thank you that we get to rest in that no matter what our life looks like at this moment. And we trust you. And we'll say it till we believe it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And George just really knocked it out of the park for us. <laughs>